Beverly Hillbillies couldn't write King Lear, Milli Vanilli didn't sing their own songs. Was the Apostle Peter even capable of writing the first epistle that bears his name? Greetings from First Covenant Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm Pastor Evan, and this is Behind the Text, a podcast that covers the details, points, or Bible nerd stuff we just couldn't pack into last Sunday's sermon. The New Testament was written in Greek. In some cases, it is obvious that Greek is the second language of some of these New Testament authors because the sentences lack a certain polish or finesse. There are, of course, certain books that stand out in their original language, like Hebrews, which has remarkable Greek. The Greek language, specifically the Koine Greek of the New Testament, provides the ability to write very long sentences and tie together multiple ideas in one long linguistic train. Though it comprises multiple sentences in English, 1 Peter 1, 3-12 is an example of this phenomenon, as the original Greek consists of one long sentence. In the ancient Roman world, long, well-constructed sentences like 1 Peter 1, 3-12 were considered a sign of eloquence and learning. But there's a problem. We know from Acts 4.13 that the Apostle Peter is described as unschooled and ordinary. Surely this simple fisherman from Galilee could not have written the first New Testament letter that bears his name. We know from Peter's letter, specifically in 1 Peter 5.12, that Peter had Silas with him. Silas is credited with the potential assistance of four New Testament letters, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 Peter, and the letter in Acts 15. When it comes to 1 Peter, there are at least three theories of potential assistance from Silas. The first option. Perhaps Silas acted as an amanuensis, a scribe, writing the letter by dictation and even possessing some editorial power to clean up the final edition. In our day, this would be like taking a news article to a copy editor. The final product would bear the name of the author, but with grammatical errors smoothed for good reading by the editor. A second option is Silas wrote the letter, even though the letter bears Peter's name. Why could this be the case? Peter was an apostle, meaning an original witness of the risen Jesus Christ, and the one on whom Jesus would build his church. Silas did not quite have that credibility in the early churches. This would be akin to a modern ghostwriter, where someone famous writes a book, but it is ultimately made readable by a trained author. The book sells because of the famous name on the cover, not because of the lesser-known ghostwriter. A third option, of course, is that Peter wrote the whole letter, and Silas was just the letter carrier. When determining the reality of a matter like this, it is important to look at the biblical evidence and the weight of historical testimony in the early church. As for internal evidence, Peter's sermon delivered in Acts 2 bears the hallmarks of an eloquent speaker. It is entirely likely that we are just getting the Cliff Notes version of his sermon, but what we receive in the text would lead us to believe that Peter had the capacity for polish in presentation. The other evidence we have, and it is strong evidence, is that those who were close to the text, as the second and succeeding generations of the early church leaders and writers, credit Peter as the author. There is near consensus on this matter. Though the evidence points decisively towards Petrine authorship, did Silas help even a little bit? Maybe. Some scholars have pointed to Paul-like sentences, which could be attributed to Silas. This kind of authorship happened in the ancient world all the time, 
See Galatians 6.11. Peter and Silas were partners in ministry, but ultimately, it is most likely that Peter was the author of the first letter that bears his name. To quote from the 7th century monk Andreas on this matter, The apostle was appointed to preach to those of the circumcision, but he deliberately did not limit his preaching to those who lived in Judea. Instead, by sending this circular letter, he sought to preach to Jews scattered all over the world to the effect that they must hold on to the faith which they have received, for by keeping it, they would inherit many great, good, eternal, and heavenly things. The promise from the pen of Peter is not just for those who follow Jesus in the first century, it is for all today. Thank God that he sent Peter to write this circular letter, that even today we may hear its words and receive the promise enacted through Jesus' resurrection. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the podcast so you can continue to hear more content like this. Give us a good rating on your favorite podcast app and share this content with a friend. Also join us on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. for worship online only right now at firstcovenantlincoln.org. And if you want to support us, you can donate while you're there. Have a great day.